The time has come, so turn up the sound. It's time for Buried Broadway. Hiya. Hello. I'm Jen Beverelli. I'm Mikey Beverelli. And welcome to Buried Broadway. Broadway, where we discover, dissect, and demystify forgotten Broadway musicals that we most likely found on vinyl for a dollar. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> First it's episode! Ever. Ever. <laughs> okay, full disclosure, we definitely recorded this episode before. Mm-hmm. It turned out horribly. Technology is hard, you guys. Podcasting <laughs> is hard, you guys. Maybe not for other people, but for us. <laughs> it's... It's, I just wish it was a little easier, but it's okay. Like, the talking part, we got. The research part, we got. The technology part, we don't got. Mm-mm. All right, so a little bit about us. We are a married couple. We're both actors that currently reside in D.C. And we love collecting old vinyl records of usually original Broadway cast albums that we've never heard of. Yeah, so if we see a record store and we have some time, we walk in and we look right to the musicals and we just look to see if things that we've never heard of or things that we haven't seen. And typically we're both looking for things. We pull one out and we just show a cover to the other person and say, do we have this? Yes, yeah, usually this we create, like we go in our little sections because if you guys have been in a record store, there's just, sometimes there's sections, sometimes it's just a big... Pile piles of nothing and so we'll go to different areas and then just create big stacks based on just general interest if we've owned this before if we've ever heard of it usually all the ones we've never heard of we buy Mm -hmm. and then the other things like mainstays we kind of are like oh we'll find this again (laughs) (laughs) so we've created a instagram page for this podcast called buried broadway and you can also email us at buriedbroadway at gmail.com if you want to ask a question, get in touch with us for anything, really. <laughs> um, any reason at all. Yeah. If you have any suggestions for future shows we should do, then please go ahead and email us. We're also working on a website, and <laughs> we have created a little jingle so you can remember what it is. Here you go. If you want to get in touch, just follow this address. It's B-E-V-A-R-E-L-L-I dot com. All right, so, Mikey, you actually were the one that found this record. So, you get to tell us how you found it, where you found it, and why you bought it. (laughs) Sure. So, (laughs) it was in between a two-show day. I, um a few years ago and I wandered onto a record store on 14th Street in DC I believe it's called Som Records they had a very small musical section but this was in it Uh, and as soon as I saw it I had to buy it I took a picture I sent it to Jen and I believe that you agreed too as soon as you saw the picture yeah so did we say what the name of the show is yet no oh should we yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it'll be in the title. Of it this will episode. be in the title. But uh, the the cover says, "Let my people come, 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 come." come, come, come. come, come. 
a sexual musical. And as, I, as soon as I saw those words and all the naked people in the front. We'll put a picture of it on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to buy it. Oh, you might hear our cats in the background. Yeah. We have two cats. One's name is Baz and the other's name is Gordon. Right now, Gordon's sleeping, but Baz. I think she spotted a bird or something. Yeah, she's like talking to a bird out the window, so. And there's also, we do own a bird, but he's in another room right now. We kind of sequestered him. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think you'll hear him. All right. So for every episode, before we begin, we want to give you some basic show stats just to kind of paint the world that this play was being put on in. So Let My People Come, the sexual musical, ran on Broadway for 128 performances July 7th, 1976 was the first preview. And the show actually never officially opened. It's crazy. It closed in previews. And it had the most previews on Broadway until Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. So pretty recently. Yeah. So it was at the Morosco Theater, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. It was demolished in 1982. But it's now the Marquis Theater. Yeah, the spot where it was. The Marquis kind of took over the spot of four theaters. Which mm-hmm. is kinda... It's where the Marriott Hotel is. Mm-hmm. Like if you're walking around and you see the Marriott in uh, Times Square, that's where it was. So other shows that were playing on Broadway at the time, if you were walking around the theater district, you would see signs for the revival of Fiddler on the Roof with Zero Mostel. There is a revival of Guys and Dolls with an all african-american cast oh calcutta godspell the robber bridegroom pacific overtures and the whiz so another thing that we'd like to do is if possible uh read the back cover summary if the back cover summary is a summary of the entire show we'll (laughs) save that for a little later so here we go let My People Come was born on January 8th, 1974 of Capricorn birthright. <laughs> Truly destined to reach the people. This sexual musical called a theatrical emancipation and a, quote, milestone for freedom of expression touches upon all forms of human sexuality in the disguise of a thought-provoking, suggestive, bitingly satirical, outrageous, refreshing, innocent, and entertaining childish romp. a lot of things. Ooh, that was one (laughs) sentence. That whole second paragraph was one sentence. (laughs) All right, next paragraph. The ingenious music. Quote, light and refreshing, yet dark and searching, unquote, will revitalize, replenish, and touch your soul with its message. The message? People are sexual. If <laughs> only because they are human and mortal. Is and it people are sexual, period? No, people are sexual, comma. Okay. Yeah, but I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> if they understand and deal with that fact, they will be able to move on to something else, something more spiritual. Earl and Phil are presently working on a new Broadway musical called Spirit. We have no idea what that is. We can't find it anywhere on the interwebs at all. Mm -mm. So if anyone has ever heard of that musical, if someone has a vinyl of it, we would love to borrow it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it ever came to fruition. Oh, and I just noticed this here. They just wanted to clarify that this is of the off-Broadway cast, which it is the cast, so... 
Cool. So, without further ado, let's begin. Here is a little bit of the opening number of Let My People Come, a sexual musical. I love it. Did you make it? Are you dying? Did you crash your car? <laughs> Are you going to be okay? Because we have like 12 more songs left. So many. <laughs> I didn't count, but more than just this. So I hope you're still there. I, I can just imagine being in the audience and listening to that for the first time. You can? I can't imagine what I mean, like choreography would be going on during that. I mean, I, I could just imagine the feeling after seeing that being like, whoa okay now every number in this seems to be like very i mean it overall sounds like it's from the 70s but this Mm -hmm. one sounds a bit more retro and kind of classic broadway it's like a vaudeville style number there's a tongue twister section (laughs) there's a can can section goes through a lot of movements yes it does and then there's that double entendre they say you know everybody loves to screw but screw you if you don't want to do it too and i think that's fun (laughs) i mean it's really obvious but i like it now the tongue twisters there's the girl tongue twister and the boy tongue twister Mm. because equal opportunity but the girl tongue twister is how many cocks could a cocksucker suck if a cocksucker could suck cock. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's tongue twister. How many cunts could a cunt lover love if a cunt lover could love cunt? How many? I don't know. How but... many is too many? <laughs> it is all inclusive. This all inclusive musical. Now, the last line, which you didn't get to hear, I think really sets the tone. Mm-hmm. We think it's time to liberate. Your genitalia. Let's hear it for pussy and cock. Bink. Perfect. That's how it ends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait to hear some more of this craziness. All right. Well, so the next song is actually called Give It To Me. What could that mean? I don't know. Well, it's a country style song. And I think it has an amazing opening line. So let's play a little of that. I want a man who loves to fuck and can keep it up for days. Who's clever and smart and can make me come in a thousand different ways. What'd you think about that rhyme? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good, I think. I think it's pretty funny. I'm not sure if this whole thing was meant to be funny or... I mean, I think there's a certain level of funny just because I think... I mean, I think it's playful. Mm-hmm. I mean, s- sex is kind of funny. I mean, I'm not 
in the mindset of a 70s person. But <laughs> I think it was always kind of funny, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, as you heard, this is a lady who knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a product of the woman of the time, you know, women coming into their own and feeling sexual and doing all of that. But I also sometimes have to remember that this is a show that was written by two men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how much of this is what men want women to say? And how much of this is women finally saying what they want to say? That is a good question. Um, and we might not ever know the answer. <laughs> no, I don't know if we ever will. But I think it's a cool... If you're playing this character, it's cool to play her as a woman who knows what she wants and is not afraid to ask for it. So it's a pretty empowering song if you think of it from that angle. But with that, she's not super creative in this refrain. Doesn't really vary her main point a lot. <laughs> so I think we should just go ahead and listen to it. All right. Yeah. So I know we said that everything in this show is funny, Mm -hmm. but now we're going to move on to one of the few serious numbers of the show called I'm Gay. And it is one of the few, one of the few that's completely serious, I'd say. It's a very straightforward coming out song. um, And we'll let you hear a little bit of it. One thing that you'll realize about me is that I have a very weird brain when it comes to music and I hear things that may or may not be real and may or may not be heard by other people. But for me, this sounds a tiny bit like Unworthy of Your Love from Assassins. Just the part where they say, if that's what you want me to do, do 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 do. So see if you hear that. Let me know on social media if I'm a crazy person or not. I already know I'm crazy, so don't even bother. Here you go. I'm hoping that you'll come to see. This is how God meant me to be. This is my way, and I'm proud to come right out and say, I'm gay. I'm gay. So did you hear it? Do you think Sondheim might have heard this song in the 70s? Because Assassins was until like 15 years later, right? Yeah, it was 1990, so yeah, yeah, math. (laughs) So maybe Sondheim took his inspiration from Let My People Come. Mm, Probably not. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I think this song is so sweet. It's really nice. 
I could just imagine like the movie in my head of this um this song like um a man, like maybe a man walking in nature or <laughs> okay Tammy Brown <laughs> preparing preparing for a serious conversation like he's going over and over in his head it's yeah nice. it reads kind of like a diary or a note to his parents it kind of reminds me of the monologue that Paul does in a chorus line. Yeah. I actually really, really like the song. I would, if I was a dude, I might put it in my book, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next song that we are going to play for you is. Oh, it's one of maybe. Is it my favorite? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can say it. It's definitely. If you look at the list of songs, I think the title of this one stands out. Put your feet up on the sofa. Stretch out, baby. Close your eyes. Feel my fingers walking over. Part of you I idolize. Now you're here in my hand. Getting stronger. So soft on my cheek, getting longer. No need to speak as I take you between my lips. All day long I've been planning on how I was going to love you tonight. So I could show you how I absolutely adore you. So you know, I am your woman. So you just listened to a portion of Come in My Mouth. Yeah, you said I, it. I apologize that I didn't say it before. It's really hard for me to say, even though um, all the, the words separately are fine. It's just saying that phrase is weird. But uh, <laughs> I have said it now. Come in my mouth. That is the name of the song. And I'm going to use this phrase again. It's kind of fun. For a dude. <laughs> I mean, this song is like basically what every dude ever wants to hear <laughs> in what i imagine like every porn movie everything like okay and like this line for instance i'll take you inch by inch just let me worship you <laughs> what totally real <laughs> like n- no thank you soft on my cheek gross there's a portion at the end too where like I don't know why this is a big note for me, but she just says the phrase "my mouth is a hole." What? Yes, I did not she hear didn't that. Say it. I was like, "Oh no!" I did not hear that at all. Oh. I did hear her say, "You feel so good" about ten thousand times. She does. So funny thing about this song. A little background. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Origin story. This is the first. Song is that your? Uh- memory like is that going back in time time machine okay we'll have to add that as a sound effect (laughs) 
<laughs> so this song was the very first song written from the show. The director producer basically approached the writer Earl Wilson uh, if he could uh, write the dirtiest song he could think of in one hour um, based on his personal experiences. And this is what he came up with. I mean, the beginning of this seems kind of interesting because you kind of, for 10 seconds, think she's just talking about a guy. Mm -hmm. And then you realize she's talking about a member. (laughs) (laughs) A member. I like that. You're like, oh, yeah, like this relationship seems nice, whatever. And then you're like, ugh. (laughs) At least I'm like that. I don't know. I promise I'm not a prude, you guys. This musical just makes me feel prudish for some reason (laughs) because i'm thinking about it a lot i don't know it's very weird with that being said let's move on to dirty words (laughs) which might get all of this awkwardness out of my system by force So that was Dirty Words. Very straightforward title. I think it got right to the point. It's basically the Sesame Street for Dirty Words. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many gems of lyrics in this too um and i'd say it's it's really clever it's clever when you can understand what they're saying they have really horrible diction near the end of it we didn't play that part for you because you really can't understand Mm -mm. what they're saying at all and weirdly this musical unlike a lot of others i could not find a lyric sheet anywhere like no one bothered typing it out so it's all a mystery But one part that's not a mystery is what I would like to deem for every episode my favorite (laughs) rhyme. Mikey gets one too, but this one's mine. So (laughs) my favorite rhyme is, well, it's more of a, this one is a stanza because he liked to rhyme a lot. Mm -hmm. Vagina is so much more refiner. You can take one out to Dinah goes well with marijuana. There's not a word as fina as the thing we call vagina. Oh my goodness. Snaps for that. <laughs> I know you all can't see me, but I have my hands over my face. <laughs> it's both brilliant and like ridiculous. Yes. And I just love I never thought of rhyming in the end vagina with marijuana. Well, because marijuana is not a word. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say it like that. I just really like the idea of taking a vagina out to Dinah. <laughs> I Hello, love it. ma'am. What would you like to eat today? I love the cartoon in your head right now. <laughs> Basically. But yeah, like with this song, if you haven't been desensitized by now, five songs in, um, this song will do it. I think that this song is really interesting because it pushes the boundaries of what normal society thinks of as appropriate yeah 
who's to say that one dirty word is better than another dirty word? It's ridiculous, the hierarchy for words that we have. They're just words. So this is an example of a song that's, it's really funny, but it actually means something. Most good art or good humor, it has an underlying point or is driven by something bigger. Moves you. It gets a reaction. It does. So like I was saying, every song has a different theme. This one feels a little bit Spanish to me (laughs) uh, for some reason. Uh, It also, okay, I know I said it contained my favorite rhyme, but this is definitely my favorite line slash exchange in the whole show because they do this whole rhyming, rhyming scheme about pussy and then all the girls go, who could hate a pussy? And this very effeminate male voice just comes on and goes, I could marry. <laughs> and it's just, I love it. I just love that that moment was created and that we own it and that I can listen to it whenever I want. <laughs> and I'm just going to say, I could marry to everyone. Eventually, maybe they'll know what you're talking about. No, no one will. It's fine. You know, it's better that they do. <laughs> All right, so the next song, we're actually not going to play for you because we're going to play a little bit of it later in the episode, but it's called Linda, Georgina, Marilyn, and Me, and it is a really cute song that I really, really enjoy, and that's why later on in the episode, I'm going to play a little bit of it as my choice for the audition cut. Mm-hmm. Now, we have to just say, may as well say it at this point, that this episode is probably not going to be similar to our later episodes number one because this is our first one and we barely know what we're doing so bear with us (laughs) (laughs) but also because this show doesn't have a book it's just basically songs it's like songs for new world like you can do them in any order you can do whatever and there's no scenes that we can find i think there might have been scenes but there are no scenes that we can summarize for you tell you about or read off to you so this seems a little bit disjointed that's because it is (laughs) (laughs) so moving right along the next song is i believe my body just get ready to dance people it is an act one closer just Get up out of your seats. Get that tambourine. Let's move. number so good hate is a thing that is really obscene it's a very progressive like protest song Mm -hmm. basically and i think they put it in the very correct spot of the end of act one because you're going to listen to this um and no matter what you might have felt before you're like wow they have the capability to do this i'm gonna come back 
Yeah, especially when you have good lines like, I believe that sex is good. I'd be doing it now if I could. <laughs> Bam. Boom. Imagine how many people like did it in the bathroom during intermission. Oh, my God. What did the cast do during intermission? <laughs> At this point, are they naked? We're not sure. Yeah, we, we assume no so. We have no clue. What was going on backstage <laughs> for 20 minutes? Do you think it was oh a 20-minute intermission? <laughs> I think it, was, it had to have been a 20-minute intermission. I mean... They, they, they didn't have costume changes. <laughs> they were already nudie. So what are they doing back there? They're smoking cigarettes, smoking some other stuff. Like It is the 70s. They're probably just having a great time. And that's what this whole show has been so far. A great time. So the next song is the first song after intermission that we have. Like I said, the order we're not sure about. So this song is called Take Me Home With You. Which we're actually not going to play. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Because it's Mikey's audition cut, much to my dismay. <laughs> which I will talk about later. Mm-hmm. So, now, oh my the next goodness. song that we are going to play for you. This is the one that we make sure to play for people if they want to get a full idea of what this musical is about. Mm-hmm. We will jump usually if we're doing like a fast summary we will do come in my mouth straight to this (laughs) (laughs) i mean if we're doing like a wham bam they have to get out but it's like two o'clock in the morning and they want to hear this because we mentioned it and we're like okay 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 here you go i mean i definitely say this song come in my mouth and dirty words are all in the running for like the most raunchy song but also the most interesting here you go I spread the lips of her sweet puss a friend to many men. I introduced my sturdy cock, Grand Canyon Meet Big Ben. Grand Canyon Meet Big Ben, <laughs> Grand Canyon Meet Big Ben. I introduced my sturdy cock, Grand Canyon Meet Big Ben. That cock on my new puppy dog is twice as big as his. He's sloshing round within my cunt, at least I think he is. At least I think he is, at least I think he is. He's sloshing round within my cunt, at least I think he is. Guys, I got so excited. I forgot to tell you what this song was called. It's called Choir Practice. Yes, yes, yes. As if you couldn't tell with the harpsichord and all. I mean, I couldn't, I guess. I don't know what I would call it if I didn't call it Choir Practice. Madrigal Mayhem. Yes, that's a good one. Oh my gosh. You should go back in time and tell him. <laughs> anyway, so you just heard a very small portion of choir practice because I think it might be the longest song on the show. It's like six minutes. It's very long. You should definitely give the whole thing a listen. For sure. But it, not when you're driving a car because you might crash it. I'd say if there is one song to listen to of this whole thing in full, it would be this one. And why didn't we play it? We don't know. We're stupid. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I mean, we just, we don't want this podcast to be like, Three hours long. Yeah. So, now, you heard the harpsichord. You probably figured out by now that it's like an orgy scenario. Mm-hmm. It kind of sounds like 1776. A little. I mean, not a little bit. A lot bit. It definitely, I could see the 1776 choir 
breaking into this. Like I was all honestly waiting for someone to be like, "Will somebody open up a window? <laughs> my cock!" Like it was just like they could go seamlessly and together. Like, also, it weirdly makes me think of choir practice for Charlie Brown. It does a little bit. Oh, <laughs> maybe not. I mean, no, not with I mean, these lyrics. You are valid with your feelings. <laughs> I could also see it as like a big opera closing number. Yes, with lyrics such as. <laughs> So nonchalant, she sucks me off like she were chewing gum. <laughs> it seems hideously uncomfortable. And I shaved the damn thing yesterday. It's like a briar patch. My favorite rhyme do, 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 do. <laughs> comes from this song. And uh, I have to read it out loud. But here it is. I spread the lips of her sweet puss, a friend to many men. I introduce my sturdy cock, Grand Canyon, meet Big Ben. I believe they actually heard that just now, but they get to hear it again through oh, your yeah, mouth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, thanks. I could have just been like, listen to it again. I didn't have to actually say it out, out loud. But, okay, the concerning part for me about the cut we just played, is she talking about a dog? <laughs> I hope not. Me too, but she definitely says... Something about a puppy dog, and I I don't even want to think about it anymore, but I'm just saying it's weird. <sighs> Very strange. Now, like how I was saying, I'm probably going to reference this musical and no one's going to know what the hell I'm talking about. I find myself singing just the fa-la-la-la-la part, like, while I'm doing <laughs> dishes. <laughs> like, But I also can imagine, like, every time I sing it, I just imagine kind of like in the sound of music when she's like going up the hill and like spinning in circles. That's what I imagine. But like, fa la 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 la, like a milkmaid, like going <laughs> up the mountain. Well, if you sang that and someone was like, hey, what's that from? You could just be like, choir practice. And they'd say, oh, okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we also didn't play the end of this song for you, which ends... <laughs> With just a bunch of gurgles and slurps. And we didn't play it because I have misophonia and it really grosses me out. (laughs) So just imagine people saying gurgle, slurp, gurgle, slurp with other people like moaning in the background. Okay, so the next song we're going to play for you is called And She Loved Me. And here it is. Then she looked into my eyes. I know. It's so jammy. Also, that would be a really good audition cut, too. Just not for me. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about that, too. I was like, oh, I should have just gotten rid of my audition cut song and done this one. But I can't sing this, so. I mean, you could. (laughs) I mean, this is obviously a, like, lesbian love song. Mm -hmm. 
But, I mean, who's to say a dude can't sing it and make it a straight song? Whatever. That's not as cool that way. It would be weird if you were like, and she gently touched my breast. Like, <laughs> it's a little odd. Um, this song is amazing. I really like it. I like it. It's a little repetitive. For sure. But, I mean, just take out all the lyrics and... What, now, why are you taking out lyrics? Actually, don't take out the lyrics. <laughs> just, it makes you feel something. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's like one of the cleanest songs. For sure. And I found myself kind of dancing, even though it's not a dancey song. No, it's it's jammy. It's like a sway song. I'm I'm more of like a stomper. Like it was like I like you can't see me, but I'm dancing and I I don't know how to describe what I'm doing. But pretending to stomp because we live in an apartment. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) This song actually reminds me of i'm gay in the style of it because it's a duet but it's two girls versus two boys so it's like a mirror image of the first act but you're, the second act you're completely correct um and like i'm gay it's what someone taking in the lead and the other person kind of just harmonizing with them mm-hmm. like it's not really a duet like they're taking turns they're just singing the same stuff <laughs> Which is, I guess, one way to do it. Yeah. Whatever turns you on. Ah! I'm so good at transitions. That's the name (laughs) of our next song. (laughs) A plus. Oh, God. It was so bad, you guys. Sorry. Here you go. So complete change of speed. That's whatever turns you on. It's so funky. It is funky. <laughs> um, I don't really have much thought about this song. I mean, this song is fun, but at this point in the show, it's kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have a new point of view that we haven't heard already they're just saying whatever turns you on like yeah we've talked about literally everything that could possibly turn a person on at this point for sure it definitely has that word of the day fun aspect to it but it doesn't have the weight or the ridiculousness of the others well the next song has a lot of weight but i'm not sure if it's warranted so here is Doesn't Anybody Love Anymore. Tonight I'm with you. Tomorrow, who knows? If you're around, maybe we can get together. No promises to keep. That's how it goes. Everybody wants to live free. But doesn't Doesn't anybody love anymore? You don't need to say it again. We've said it like a thousand times. <laughs> it sounds great. Like I could imagine someone singing this in like a bar. This feels a little bit more like a pop song mm-hmm. than it does belonging in a musical. Like the refrain 
lasts forever. It does. Like, we faded you guys out to save you the pain and anguish of you having to hear it over and over and over again. It doesn't build. It just stays there. Like, I could see this song being good in the background of something. I could see Diana Ross singing it. I could see, like, Aretha Franklin singing it. Like, I could see... I could see some soulful ladies jamming out on this song and, like, riffing it the house down. Yes, on all counts. Now, unfortunately for this musical, like we were saying before, it was up on Broadway against The Wiz. This song is not home. Yeah, you're completely correct. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's good to think of the, remember the context of Broadway at the time. And in a time where you have this versus The Wiz versus Godspell and Fiddler. Yeah, this is not Turn Back Old Man. No. <laughs> this is like, yeah, no. It's it's a good song. It just needed a bit more chutzpah. Oomph. Yes. <laughs> but they don't let you end on this song because nope. that would be a downer. They want you to jam out. So get ready. That was it. That was the title number. Also the finale of the show. Again, a lot of fun. I can just imagine the staging for this. I could imagine people coming out into the audience wearing... Nothing? Probably nothing. Or maybe like a cowboy hat. It feels like very country hoedown at the beginning, <laughs> but then it kind of gets gospel at the end. So it's it's a, an amalgamation of song. I just imagine me sitting in the aisle and this guy staring at me in the eye, completely naked, like and doing like the clap face thing the clap, the clap, clap face like oh you're gonna clap with me clap with me i love it i actually i'm one of those people who actually loves that stuff i think it definitely leaves you on a a very positive note which i think is super important and for i don't know how but this song does scream like audience involvement it like does. i have no idea how like what does that sound like i don't know but it sounds like this i think <laughs> <laughs> because it just feels like they're out there and in your face and interacting with you like i would be surprised if someone staged this number without audience involvement it would feel wrong it would feel wrong you must go out into the audience you must break that fourth wall with your penis (laughs) (laughs) so that's the end of the show but not the end of the podcast we still have a little bit more history and background to share with you on the show. Just a smidge more nuggets for your knowledge. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So now that you guys have heard the entire thing, We are going to delve into a little bit more about who wrote this, how it got made, why it got made, and 
some more history of the time period and things like that. We're going to talk about Earl Wilson Jr., who wrote the music to this. He's the son of a popular Broadway gossip columnist for the New York Post. Um, So because of that, he was around show business and celebrities. He says that he has been writing songs professionally since the age of 14 and raised in famous nightclubs and show places of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. So how did this specific show get made? Well... Phil Osterman, who had produced a show of his before, wanted to produce a new show, and he dared him to write the most honest sexual song he could think of. Well, before he even did that, they said in an interview that the conversation (laughs) went something like, Phil Osterman said, how do you feel about sex? And Earl Wilson Jr. said, I like it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And then this show was born. Yes. And he wanted to write a song uh, or produce a musical reflecting the new, open, and honest attitude about sex that all the young people were enjoying. He was 30 years old. (laughs) What young people? He was the young people. Like, who are the young people? It's weird because when he talks about the cast, he he says the kids. But he was like four years older at most. I mean, I guess you feel older. He had an old soul. Yeah, I guess if you're in charge. He dared him to write the most honest sexual song he could think of. And an hour later, that's when he wrote, Come in my mouth. Inspired by a six-month-long relationship. <laughs> Which he keeps calling an affair. Either way, Come in my mouth came from that. Um, so he wrote Come in my mouth, and then Phil Osterman loved it. So then they wrote an opening number. So those two songs were written right in the beginning. Then they decided to cast the show. They cast 14 people. The They had meetings every week. They called them encounter sessions. Yes, encounter which creeps sessions. creeps me out. <laughs> and through these encounter sessions, the rest of the songs are made. So it was kind of written chorus line style. They wrote songs based on their own experiences. So um, Earl Wilson Jr. did not write I'm Gay. Well, he did write I'm Gay, but it came from the story of someone else. So, they were having rehearsal at his parents' apartment, because that's how this show went. Hashtag professional. <laughs> um, and then eventually, Phil, the producer, was like, we need to convince them all to get naked. And Earl hadn't thought of the show being naked yet at that point. But they did say that they wanted hair to be... I mean, they referenced that they wanted the True. show to be like hair, and they wanted it to be better than hair. Mm. So So how could you not think of it being naked? Because one of the big things about hair is that they get naked. That's true. Well, I guess in a step to one up hair, they want it to go naked. For longer. All the time. I'm not sure if they're all the time. Because some of the pictures on the record or on the album cover, they do have clothes on. Mm -hmm. So there might be scenes that we're missing the information about that have clothed humans or maybe they have their clothes on for the beginning and then they take them off during the course of the show or right. i don't know the picture for i believe in my body there's there's two naked people in the back and then two clothed people sitting in the front so well either way to convince everyone to be naked earl had the idea of greeting everyone who came to rehearsal one day at his parents house completely naked and all the lights just being candles. 
So imagine coming into rehearsal and your music director is just completely naked and he says, come on in. This is definitely before the Me Too movement. (laughs) And he explained to them that the show is going to be naked. Half of them were fine with it. The other half were not fine with it. Uh, But afterwards, the cast had a meeting at a bar and they came back and they all said that they would do it. Well, for most new shows, you need money. And how do you get money? You get backers, producers. Think of, you know, the show The Producers where he gets all the little old ladies. Like, that's basically what he was doing. He was getting backers for the show. So you usually have a open rehearsal or backers audition. Mm-hmm. And this was again in his mother's living room. Um, Hashtag he- professional. <laughs> <laughs> and they invited legitimate backers. And at the end... None of the backers liked it, but there is one person that did believe in him, his mother. Of course she did. So she said, I don't have the full amount that you're asking for, $10,000, because back in, <laughs> back in that time, that's all you needed to do a Broadway show. But I do have $3,000 in savings that I want to give to you guys as a producer. So that's fine. They had $3,000, but they needed... $7,000 more dollars. So Phil Osterman came up with an idea for the other $7,000. You see, he made his living by owning a flower shop. And he went to the bank and told them that he needed a loan for $7,000 for a new fridge for his flower shop. And that's where the other money, other 7000 came from. We do not recommend this method. No, there's a lot of things in this uh, making of that seem a little iffy. So before it was on Broadway, it ran at the Village Gate in Greenwich Village in New York City from January 8th, 1974 to July 5th, 1976, which is a pretty good long run for an off-Broadway show. Yeah, and if you look at the dates, too... A few days later, it went to Broadway. So it could have probably run off Broadway even longer if they didn't make that move to Broadway. Now, a cool thing about this show is it was actually nominated for a Grammy Award, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) It was nominated in 1974 for Best Original Cast Album. And it was against cast albums such as Over Here by Richard Sherman and Robert B. Sherman. The Magic Show by Stephen Schwartz, which we will be covering in a later episode. The Rocky Horror Show? What's that little (laughs) gem of a show? What is that by uh, Richard O'Brien? But all of those lost because that big Broadway hit that everyone knows and loves, Raisin, Raisin. won. Now, if we can find a copy of Raisin, we will definitely cover it in a later episode. It is by Judd Wolden and Robert Britton. And it is, as it sounds, it is The Raisin in the Sun, the musical. Super fun. (laughs) So we've talked a lot about the writer of the show, but we always want to look through the cast list and see Mm -hmm. if there's anyone in the cast that maybe got their start in this show somehow ended up starring in the show anyone that we all might have heard of well this show doesn't really have 
huge names that came out of it. There were three or four people in the cast that were also in the cast of Hair. But what's really cool is that this woman, who you might not know by name, but you might know by face, Yvette Freeman, was in this cast recording. Yeah, so she had a long run in ER, which unfortunately I've never seen, but she's been in 184 episodes as Nurse Haley or Hallie. But the cool thing that I like, because I've actually watched the show, because I also don't watch ER, she is in Orange is the New Black. She is Irma, one of the older ladies. One of the golden girls. Yes. So it's pretty cool that she was in this musical. Unfortunately, I don't think we know what songs she sang. Mm -mm. I kind of want to believe that she sings And She Loved Me, but I have no proof whatsoever. (laughs) So don't take my word for it. So a question that we always want to ask every episode is, should this show still be produced? Now... Mikey and I have not discussed this, (laughs) but on the count of three, we're going to say whether or not we should keep producing this show. Ready? One, two, three. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yay. I mean, of course we should still produce this show. Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly, I think I might say yes to everything. I will be surprised one day when we find the thing that I say no to. Me as well. (laughs) I think that there's good in every show. Um, But, you know, I'm just going to give an extra emphatic yes for this one. I would love to see this show. I think it would be great for, like, fringe festivals. Mm -hmm. If an equity theater has, like, a second stage that's more rooted for, like, younger audiences. But not, like, younger audience. Not, Not like, children. (laughs) Not TYA. Like, like there are some theaters that, like, try and get, like, the 20s and 30-somethings into theaters instead of what usually is, like... You know, 50 and 60 year olds. I think it'd also be a fun experiment for a burlesque troupe. Oh, yeah. Like um, a musical burlesque troupe. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. Now, if you want to produce this show, you have to contact Sam David Management. That is who owns the rights for it at this time. And unfortunately, we don't know the cost associated with this other companies might have a a calculator but sam david management it seems like this is the only show that they have the rights to oh is it i didn't like dig that far (laughs) yeah so because we are both actors we always want to include a segment that has audition cuts my audition cut like i said before is from linda georgina marilyn and me which you haven't heard yet it is a really cute song. It kind of reminds me of Frank Mills from Hair. It's about a girl who wants to make it in Hollywood by being a porn star. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. It is. And I really like this cut. So here you go. What have they got? I haven't got more of what they can take two of. I can take more of. It costs more money when your actors are lean. It only takes one of me to fill up your screen. What can they do? I couldn't do better. I'm enclosing a snapshot along with a letter that meet with Jack, Bob, Howard, and Fred. I love any song that 
ends with you direct addressing the auditors <laughs> just saying like and that's just a shot of my head like you just point at your own headshot and then you just smile and leave i think that's so cute yeah and it's a bold choice that will make you remember uh, memorable yeah but it's not at all raunchy it you know can be used for auditions for gypsy or thoroughly modern millie or anything goes like it's very classic but up up like Broadway style song. So that's mine. And I actually want to find the sheet music for it. So I might have to email <laughs> Sam David management myself because I can't seem to find it anywhere. <laughs> so the song that I chose is not as fun and up tempo. It's more loungy. And I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think if I were to put the songs in an order from like the ones I like the most to the ones I like the least, I think this would be the one I like the least. That's fair. For some reason, it was like a big deal, though. Yes. So um, this song, apparently, based on what I've read, uh, became a a big hit in gay clubs. Um. But it is called Take Me Home With You. So just enjoy it. Tomorrow may be just the start Of a different point of view And I might even hang around If you take me home with you all right, so that was my cut of Take Me Home With You. And you're probably thinking, oh, such a boy thing, picking an easy song. Picking it's- a drunk guy sitting at a bar who I'm pretty sure is homeless. <laughs> picking a ballad. But, you know, maybe this isn't for me to sing. I'm just saying this is a good man audition song. I think if you're maybe um, with a baritone range and want to show off the higher edge of your baritone range then this is for you like you if you could um you could use this to audition for george and lacage for example roles like that okay well anyway that's my choice (laughs) (laughs) any final thoughts oh i just love this show like maybe not love like it's my favorite show ever, but getting to know the little nooks and crannies of it, I just think it's a fun little package, and I really do hope someone pro- uh, produces it so we can see it. I'm not sure if I want to be in it. I'd be in it. You know what? I'd be in it. I love this show. I am so glad that we got to share it with you guys. It's one of our favorite hidden gems. In ways, this show kind of pushed us to start this podcast yeah i mean we really did feel like this show needed to be known on a wider broader level than just our living room so now it's on the internet (laughs) may or may not be listened to by people but hey we're trying we're getting it out there (laughs) give it a look produce it so that's all for today thank you so so much for listening yes thank you so so much and we hope to see you next time don't forget to follow us on instagram at buried broadway or email us at buriedbroadway at gmail.com what What will we we dig dig up up next next? oh lord (laughs) (laughs) toodles 
I know we just played you some songs from the show. But that doesn't mean we have the rights, you know. We're educating you and ourselves, you see. With musicals lost in history. So please don't call your lawyers. That would kill the vibe. We just want to make podcasts. And keep buried Broadway alive.